Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. We know that running a small firm is tough and ending the year with a profit may be even tougher. That's why we created Profit for Small Firm Architects. It's a three-module digital course and it's available to you for free right now by visiting entrearchitect.com slash free course. Entree Architect Podcast, episode 129. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. You ever have a big idea for a product or a service, something bigger or completely different from what you're doing now? You ever wonder what life would be like if you pursued that idea? Well, this week, we're chatting with someone who had an idea in architecture school inspired by the technology that he was using every day, and he decided to take that path and pursue his passion. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, we go from architect to tech startup with Key Sue of Modelo.io. This episode of the Entree Architect podcast is sponsored by FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. 
Sue, welcome to the Entree Architect Podcast. Well, it's good to be here. Well, thank you for uh, spending some time here. Um, I know it's very early there. You're calling from China, and so uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to meet with me here uh, so early in the morning on your side. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, such a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you here. So. I'd like to start like I start every podcast when I have a guest is to start with your origin story. You are an architect um, and you that architecture sort of led you somewhere else. So go back to to sort of the time where you discovered architecture and what inspired you about architecture and why you wanted to become an architect. And then give us the story of your journey to find you where you are today. Sure. Oh, that gave me a long one, actually. Yeah, so um, uh, well, it's actually all started from uh, from my uh, childhood actually, because my dad is a structural engineer, a civil engineer, and uh, well, now my family actually has uh, a, a, a architecture design uh, a firm and a structural design firm. So <laughs> in a way that I have been seeing my dad doing all this engineering works and as well as some of the architectural works. When I was very young, so it's in your blood. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was very interesting, right? As as a boy, I mean, for me, it was very interesting to see, you know, all these physical models that you can look from different angles. Like, imagine yourself to be, you know, on the street or in the building or in the room. It just really, really interesting. Very interesting. Was was very good. I mean, we used to play all with all the toys. We probably gonna bring all the toys over there, like around the buildings or even in the rooms. So and and play some stories out there. So it was uh, was quite a thing for me. And then it's uh, back then the the building or the architecture is a container of all the activities or the all the all the things or the um, all the stories uh, around my toys. So it was very interesting. And um, I, I think that's one of the reasons. And my actually, my cousin, my sister, uh, she's a, a painter, <laughs> uh, doing all these oil paintings all the time and all these calligraphies. So uh, I also have learned from her for for quite a lot. So in a way that you can say that you can uh, you can say that it's a combination of uh, of her uh, her talents and and her. Uh, influence of uh, of the art and uh, my dad's influence about the civil engineer yeah. kind of combined two together and then I, I chose architecture as my uh, as my major when and when did you decide that you wanted to be an architect did you just just was it just always what you wanted to do well uh, it wasn't I my, my dream actually back then was uh, 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 to be a, a, a professional software actually Soccer, you said. Yeah. So uh, back then, when I was in middle school, I was uh, I uh, used to play soccer, and I was a pretty I was a pretty good soccer player, and uh, several of my friends actually end up uh, with a, uh, a professional soccer career, and then my parents back then didn't really believe that soccer is a legit career for for. for for you know, boys, and uh, so they actually forced me not to pursue it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
yeah, I, and rather than rather than that, I mean, architecture is definitely my uh, my first choice, other than soccer. So, at the at the end of my high school, I uh, I I chose architecture as my major in, in college. So, because of your dad and your and your and your sister, you you yeah. knew what architecture was pretty early on. I'd right. I'd assume. And right. then, but you loved soccer, so you pursued soccer, and then mom and dad put an end to that. <laughs> And so you went back to uh, to doing your second love. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if if I look back, actually, I mean, I I think I my parents did a uh, yeah they did a good job. On, uh, they made the right choice. Me. Yeah, they made the right choice for sure, for sure. I mean, look at all my friends who are actually uh, pursuing the professional career. It was really bad. It was a terrible story, actually. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. As hard as the architecture profession is, I bet you to to be a success in professional soccer is probably way more difficult. Yeah, and there's lots of lots of other things uh, related in there. It's not only about how good you play. Uh, there's some other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long story, another story. Yeah, yeah, yep, another day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell me. So once you once you discovered architecture and that was your your path, where where did you go from there? Yeah, I, so I went to college, uh, uh, which is one of the uh, one of the four uh, one of the four well known architecture school in China called Tianjin University, and studied there for five years and didn't really find it interesting, and then I think in uh, in my third year, I already started to uh, uh, think about apply to the U.S. schools for master degree. Mm -hmm. So right after I graduated from uh, from that university, I applied to uh, I actually got several offers in, uh, from the U.S. universities, and then I uh, I chose uh, a university called Miami University, but it's actually in Ohio, yes, Oxford yeah. in Ohio, and went there. Uh, for my master degree, and it's a really small town. I got uh, a pretty big culture shock at the beginning, because uh, my hometown is not a big city in China, but it actually has six million people. <laughs> <laughs> but that small town, Oxford, in Ohio, I think they only have like twenty thousand or something like that. Yeah, big, it's a beautiful big difference. Town. Yeah, it's a beautiful town, but I got really boring, like really boring. After a month, <laughs> it was it was yeah, just yep. something like almost like too too different for me to to adopt with. So, and then I decided to actually uh, uh you know like leave Ohio and uh, I then apply to USC, the University of Southern California. Yep. Again, I got the offer like at the beginning, but I didn't I didn't went there. I didn't go there. And then I applied to them again, and and then at the end I transferred my uh, uh, my credit from Miami University to USC, and then actually got my degree, Master of Architecture degree in, uh, in USC. So that was that was the end of my architecture education, actually. Yeah. And then later on, later on, uh, after I actually uh, right after I graduated from uh, USC, I was actually practicing in Los Angeles for one and a half year and then also teached 
also uh, taught in uh, in USC for mm-hmm. a graduate school studio with a French uh, French architect François Roche for a year over there, and it was a uh, quite an experience for me. And uh, right after that, I, I decided to pursue another degree in Harvard, but it's a quite different one. It's a combination of uh, of design and uh, computer computer science actually. Mm-hmm. So I have been doing lots of programming software developments as well as uh, 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 digital fabrications so so so, when you, so the Harvard degree was not an architecture degree it was it was uh, technology right. it was develop development computer development right and yeah yeah, and yeah. Design. So I, I was yeah I was very into uh, computing what we, or I used to call we used to call computational design right? I mean and they still call it that but I was very into programming back then I think from uh, 2009 and uh, it was very interesting for me to combine that knowledge with architecture and with design and sometimes to improve the efficiency when you like doing modeling, right? Yeah. So, and then and that's how I got very interested into that. And then that's how I decided to go to Harvard for that degree and turned out to be a really good one. And that, that was actually lead to the start of Modelo. So, uh, so was, in, in at Harvard, Modella, the idea of Modella came came to life. Yeah, I, uh, it's not really the idea of Modella, but it was actually the first time I saw the technology of WebGL back in I think the uh, uh, June of two thousand twelve. The first it was first released in uh, I think November two thousand eleven, and then. My director back then, Pana Giotis, showed me, uh, showed me the language. It's basically, it's an API that allows you to render three uh, D three D models directly in the browsers, the three D data. So that didn't really happen before, and then it was the first time. Okay. And then the first time I saw it, I saw lots of potential over there, because I used to do a lot of three D models uh, modelings all the time. And I spend lots of time on the browser, say on Facebook or stuff like that, Twitter. And at the moment, when I first realized I can do, I visualize all my production, all the 3D models directly in the browser, right? The browser that I used to browse Facebook and doing all the other like Twitter stuff. So I I didn't really know that that end up uh, end up as a model, but it was very interesting to me that we can do something here and then we can actually push our production to end users only through one step the browser so meaning that you can send over your url to somebody else and they can visualize your production right away and you can do lots of interactions over there and, and that was the inspiration for modello yes. yep that was the inspiration for modello okay to so talk about talk about a little bit about modello modello is your startup it's a it's a company, yeah. online company. Um, talk about right. Modelo and what it is, and and uh, you know why you started it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Modelo is a web based, basically a browser based, uh, what we call a building design uh, collaboration and uh, presentation platform for architects, engineers, and maybe uh, general contractors as well. So. It offers all this, uh, um, you know, like cloud-based uh, hosting and management and 
communication and then presentation services, basically. Allows you to visualize 3D models, your 3D models, no matter what kind of CAD software you use, and uh, visualize directly in the browser in a much faster way, actually way, way much faster than any other software out there. And, uh, and then you can do all those communications, markups, and uh, screenshots, and even then make a walkthrough of the model like in a very fast way, and in, faster than intuitive way. And so, and the reason we, uh, we started the company is because uh, first, the fact that I saw WebGL, and that really excites me. And secondly, uh, I used to uh, you know, do all, all of these like screenshots, using email to send over screenshots to my clients or to my collaborators and on, the, on their side they have to do a markup on the screenshots and print print out the screenshots markup on it and send back to me like we do this back and forth all the days so but the, when, the, when the first time i saw like gl is definitely something that can help us solve that solve that problem so that was that was being of it and so, so I just want to make sure I'm clear on what Modelo is. It's the the it's a it's a place where you can take your your uh, computer design your 3D models you're built in Rhino or Revit or SketchUp and put them in Modelo, and then others anybody who has a browser can go to your channel on Modelo and be able to see what you're seeing. Uh, they can they can manipulate the model on their end. You can manipulate it manipulate it on your end. Is that right? Yep, it's a little more than than that. I mean, yep. uh, meaning that uh, let me let me give you a scenario, right? Yes, yes. If I'm the modeler, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna save my models, all my models. So, say previously I used Dropbox or I use FTP servers. Yeah. Now you can actually use Modelo to save all of your design, no matter it's the 3D models or 2D images or anything. You can save all of the, all of the things over there in Modelo with within your own project, right? You can create like uh, you can you can create as many projects as you want, and you can save all the models in different projects out there, and then you can invite the other collaborators in your project. And then all the other collaborators, all the other project members will be able to see what you or they uploaded to that single project directly with the browser. And then they don't need they don't need any plugins and they don't need any software to do it. And then on top of that, you can do a whole bunch of other like collaboration, markups and communication and presentation stuff. So you can use it for presentation and because of the fact the rendering speed is really fast. It's actually 50, um, for some of the models, it's like 50 times faster than the spinning speed in Rhino. And it's even better if you compare from uh, Revit and Modelo. So we actually offer you a very fast way of, you know, doing all this communication and uh, and the presentation. So it's sort of like um, if you're, it if it's both storage and collaboration, it's sort of like Dropbox meets Basecamp for architects. Yeah, yeah, and uh, plus the uh, the presentation presentation features. Right. So you right. can use also use for presentation. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to FreshBooks. 
for their support as a platform sponsor of Entree Architect. Because as a platform sponsor, FreshBooks has provided funding and support for our overall mission here at Entree Architect. They recognize the need for small firms like us to build better businesses in order to be better architects. FreshBooks is the easy to use accounting software designed to help us small firm owners get organized, save time, and get paid faster. It takes care of invoicing, expense tracking, estimating, reporting, and it all happens out on the cloud so you have access to your information from anywhere that you have access to the internet. And I use FreshBooks for my own small firm, Fivecat Studio, and my favorite feature of the FreshBooks software is sending my invoices by email and allowing my clients to pay by credit card. When FreshBooks says that you'll get paid faster, they're not kidding. With the convenience of clicking a button and paying by credit card, many of my clients pay now as soon as they receive their invoice. And for those clients who don't pay right away, FreshBooks automatically sends them a reminder of the balance due at an interval that I set. So once I send an invoice, I can go back to being an architect and I don't need to chase down any of my clients. And Tim Lee of FreshBooks will show you how easy it is to send invoices by email on our exclusive video series Tim and I produced exclusively for the Entree Architect community. Check out this free video series at entrearchitect.com slash freshbooksvideo. There's no catch. There's no email. It's completely free. Just go to entrearchitect.com slash freshbooksvideo and you will get the videos right away. There's three of them. Shows you everything you need to know about getting started. And then go to freshbooks.com slash architect, freshbooks.com slash architect and sign up for your free 30-day trial and give it a try. It's free. I suggest you just send one invoice and see what happens. That's how I got started. Just send one invoice to one client and see how it works. And when I did that and I got paid much faster than usual, I signed up for the rest of it and I set up my whole my whole account at FreshBooks. Freshbooks.com slash architect for your free 30-day trial. And be sure to enter Entree Architect into How Did You Hear About Us? So you you had that idea when you saw WebGeo and and said okay I need to create this this new this new tool. Um, mm-hmm. How did you get from there to where you are today? Let's talk about that that journey from you know the idea. You were inspired. You said okay you were you had this idea of what you can do with this new technology. What were the the practical steps to get from that point to to a functioning platform that you have today? Okay. So, um, well, at the beginning, uh, I, I think I graduated from uh, Harvard GSD in May of 2013. And then right after that, I, uh, back then, at that time, I already got my uh, uh, thesis finished. It was actually one of the, uh, the very first prototype of Modelo. And uh, I used it for my thesis project. So I spent like seven months programming the, whole, the entire thing. And then right after uh, graduation, I actually decided to only pursuing this rather than go back to the architecture design track. So, and then I, I just started to to you know like programming uh, different ideas and prototype prototyping uh, the product as well as applying to you know like uh, accelerators. Uh, and so in 
in March 2014, I got myself into uh, accepted in a, a accelerator called Beta Spring in Providence. And um, so that was actually the beginning of the company officially. And we registered through their with their help. And then the guys there, they have teaching us many things. So an accelerator, just for anybody who doesn't understand what an accelerator is, it's a place where startups apply, and if you're accepted, you come into this sort of ecosystem, into a physical building, right, where where other startups right, right. are are, and and you essentially it's an incubator for ideas, and they they help you develop that idea uh, and help you launch it. Is that correct? Sort of uh, right, a, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so so the program itself is kind of like a mini MBA, and they also invest you uh, some money and give you the free space, and give you all the mentorship, right? So we have all these great people coming in. I mean, uh, successful entrepreneurs coming in, teaching us lessons and uh, also discuss with uh, with us about ideas. It was very interesting. And the other thing is the other thing is why it's very interesting is because. I was actually the only one who has something to do with architecture. So there, none of the others have anything to do with architecture. So that actually forced me to change my mindset. I mean, for example, right, I used to present to people with slides. So I actually rarely, I rarely give like I gave presentation without slides. And uh, so the. I think on day one, I, I almost lost my voice when I was actually asked to uh, pitching the idea of of Modelo, because I, I I never tried I well rarely try again rarely tried uh, giving presentation without any slides, so it was really interesting. But at the end of the program, I was one of the best of uh, giving pitches to 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 any others. And you can actually ask me to give different pitch with different time frame. <laughs> so it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you were accepted into this incubator or this accelerator and, and right. you had this, this guidance and this, and the, and the support and the financing. Um, when it, when it, when you were finished with that phase, um, was it ready to go? Was it done? It wasn't done. It wasn't actually done. Uh, well, I, when I was back in there, I spent quite a time to find like to find the right business model, as well as the same time developing uh, uh, what we call the first prototype of Modelo, and then at, also at the same time finding a partner, a co-founder. So I think uh, at the end of uh, April two thousand fourteen, I found my partner. Uh, and who actually joined me as a co-founder of Why Modelo. did you feel that you needed a partner? What what was what were you missing that your partner what you needed in a partner? Well, it's always hard to to you know do the whole business with only you. I mean, it's not only about uh, only about skills, but also about like, you know, mental set. Yes. Yeah. It's really hard to just do everything by, by yourself. It's always good to have somebody <laughs> There, that who can who you can talk with, uh, who you can communicate with, and who can actually offer some other, some other ideas, some other feedback, some feedbacks, whenever you you know, yeah, you want to do something like more, yeah, 
or you create something new, you, you need to discuss with somebody. There has to be someone. And there has to be someone who also work with you. And that's not mentioned that the, the, the amount of uh, a production development is a lot. So I need somebody to be there as well. And so luckily I, I found my co-founder, yeah. So how did, you, how did you find that person? It was hard. It was really hard. I mean, at the end of the day, I was referred by a friend. So he, Tian is actually a friend of my friend. And uh, he used to be an industrial designer. And my friend is also, you know, well, he's now a UX designer, but he used to be an industrial designer as well. So they know each other for quite a time. And I first approached to my friend and told him that, uh, I mean, ask him, ask him if he is interested uh, doing Modelo with me. And he actually told me that, that he, has a, he has a better candidate. And that was, <laughs> that was yeah, yeah, that was my co-founder. And we started as, you know, just collaborators. And turned out that we two are very, yeah, we two are, we, we two make very good, uh, very good partners. Like, in, in every way, actually. So, I mean, we, it's like after one, one month of collaboration, I, we found each other to be like very, I mean, found it to be really comfortable to work with each other. And then we, we somehow like believe very similar, similar stuff. So, and then it seems like that's the right, right thing to do to, to, you know, like to found the company as co-founders. Yeah. So that's how I found him. Yeah. But Modelo was very well developed by that point, right? It wasn't, it wasn't. It was not. There, right, it was not, it was not. So, so, so when you, so did you, so when you found your co-founder, was that, that was mm -hmm. during the accelerator, inside the accelerator? Right, right, it was inside the accelerator. And the, at, the, at the end of the accelerator, we have some like, a barely workable prototype. And then we, after that, we spent like, two of us spent like three months developing the first prototype of Modelo. And it, was, it wasn't as stable as it is now, actually far less stable as it is now. And I mean, because of the fact that none of like, neither of us are actually uh, uh, professional programmers. Although my pro programming skill is not that bad, but still, I mean, compared to what we, all these talented uh, engineers that we have now, I'm, I'm actually nobody. <laughs> uh -huh. So back then it was, was nothing. And then in September 2014, we actually uh, released the first uh, prototype. And it was was interesting people got uh, excited and interested in using it as a kind of you know like a showcasing uh showcasing place so they actually can showcase their 3d models they can embed in their in their own portfolio side and that was it it wasn't that much of uh things that you can do over there but uh and then but the, the fact that to have a, a a prototype and then the fact that there are people using it there are like almost like 2,000 people using it. And uh, that actually helped us to get the funding from VC. And that, was, that happened in the January 2015. And that's how this, the Modelo right now started. Mm -hmm. So after that, we, we got the funding 
and then we start hire people. Actually, before that, our CTO joined us, also referred by a friend. And then after after January 2015, we started to, you know, like really form a team and hire more engineers and marketing person and all the other persons, BD and sales. And we haven't been developing the software for 12 months. And then we launched, we launched it in, uh, in January this year. <laughs> and, and then what about funding? I, we don't need specifics about funding, but, but how did you find your funding? How did you find investors? Uh, well, was, back then I was like, uh, we have came into a conclusion that if we re really want to push this stuff to be, to be a legit business, we need some, some funding to, to, you know, like boost the uh the development right because we like we were like talking about like the 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 prototype is okay it's interesting but it's definitely nothing close to a product so if we really want to make a product we need to hire real engineers and then what well, the the good thing is we already have our cto join us and he definitely agree about that so he's a he's a fantastic engineer he's a doctor in computer computer graphics has been doing all this like fundamental GPU optimizations for AMD and NVIDIA. So he's one of the top tier engineers. And so he definitely, we are, I mean, during the discussion, everybody agrees that we need, we need funding to, to go forward. So uh, then I just, you know, like started my fundraising mode and just reach out to friends, talk with uh, all the, people that I know who are under investors and talk with a whole bunch of VCs. And luckily that, that uh, a, a VC that I, I used to know before uh, came to MIT for a pitch contest. Mm -hmm. And I was actually introduced uh, to, I mean, I was actually asked to be there. Uh, one of my friends invited me to be in the pitch contest. So actually I pitched in that in that event, and it was even really well. I mean, we we were we're really good at the pitching actually, especially when we slice right because yeah. I was architect. <laughs> right. So it went really well, and they 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 really like it. So and then it's a Chinese investor. It's well, uh, actually one of the best known Chinese investors in China. It's called Jin Fund, the Z H E N Fund, and um, so I and then. After that, I went back to China and catch catching up with them again, and then it's so funny because I was really lucky. I was very lucky because I talked with one of their current uh, right now one of their partners back then in there, and he actually invested. Uh, he he invested in another company. I mean, from his previous fund, uh, a company called Crystal Image. I think maybe some of the audience knows it is one of the uh, rendering companies, the outsource rendering companies. So, I mean, remember, I remember the old days that we all send over the models to Crystal Image and they, they can actually render high fidelity renderings mm -hmm. in uh, something like 12 hours, like for a certain amount of money. So they are like, they're, you know, really good business. So the investor actually invested in them back in 2010, uh, 2008, and he is so funny because they have they have been like thinking of doing such thing like Modelo 
back in 2009. But they, at the same time, they were like trying to file for IPO. Their like revenue in 2008 was really good. It was like something around like $250 million annual revenue. It was really good, and they are, they are trying to file the IPO, but for some reason didn't really succeed. So the entire thing crashed a little bit, and then they didn't really continue to pursuing the the Modelo, like the the the, the idea, the similar idea of, of Modelo. Yeah. So it ended up as something that that guy feels really bad of not doing it, right? And then all of a sudden he found another another company doing similar idea and then at the right time like because of the fact that webgl is ready so and then that's how he decided to invest in us that was that was really exciting and um yeah so that's how it happened that's a great story i mean the reason i wanted you to come on uh is is to talk about this idea and how you took it from a simple idea to where you are today that's why i sort of asked all those step-by-step questions because there are a lot of architects out there who are listening right now that have an idea and they're they you know most of them will just say you know i i can't get into that i'm an architect so to to hear your story and to hear the process that you go through i think is inspiring and and uh informative so i appreciate you sort of giving us the background on modello sure yeah so um People can find Modelo at modelo.io, and yep. I, th- I think there's a free version, right? So they can do a trial version of it. Is that correct? Yeah, you can you can try it for free. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you can go to modelo.io and sign up and try it for free. So anybody that's out there doing you know 3D models and and are collaborating and and presenting to clients and presenting to other teams, uh, it looks like it's a great. Uh, tool for that. So check it out at modelo.io. Kisu, thank you very much for your service to our profession of architecture here. (laughs) It's it's definitely my pleasure. It's not only to the professions, but also to myself, right? Because I used to be architect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I appreciate you for sharing your knowledge here today at the Entree Architect podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 129. And don't forget to grab the Entree Architect Academy course, Profit, for small firm architects. It's free for you at entrearchitect.com slash free course. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share. That how we're going to change the world. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.